for tuning in. This is episode number 25. Today I'm going to talk just kind of briefly out of a passage in 2 Kings. This is chapter 2 verses 19 through 22. Before I get started, uh, thanks again for those who are following what is being put out here through this channel, this podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to tune in. Um, if you are hearing this for the first time, I welcome you. Thank you for um, taking the time to stop by. I hope this speaks to you in a powerful way, that the Lord would use it uh, for more than just words, uh, that it would be encouraging, inspiring, uh, to the degree that God is desiring to speak and reveal things to His people and those who would come to know him. So uh, I just bless you and, and thank you. So today, Second Kings chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. And here just kind of a little backstory to what's going on. But Elijah had just been taken up by the Lord. And now we see his protege or his student, Elisha, who is now kind of taking over that mantle, that um, that role of prophet. And this is fairly early on. Um, some of the some of the students of the the kind of the school of the prophets, the they were trying to find the body of Elijah. And after much persistence, Elisha agreed to let them go look, um, although he knew that Elijah had been taken up and that they would not find his body. But their persistence kind of wore him down, and he permitted them to go. So kind of right on the offset of that, we, have, we find Elisha and, and these people in uh, the city of Jericho, uh, when they returned to Elisha, um, who was staying in Jericho, he told them, didn't I tell you not to go? So we find ourselves in Jericho, which we know kind of historically as you know this major city that God miraculously brought down walls. Um, I believe in previous episodes, we had just recently, Joshua um, and his impact for God's purpose and some of God's commands that spawned from from Jericho and what they were and were not able to partake of. So you can find some of that on the previous episodes. Um, but here again, we find ourselves in Jericho. And it's starting in verse 19. It says, The people of the city said to Elisha, Look, our Lord, this town is well situated, as you can see, but the water is bad. And the land is unproductive. Bring me a new bowl, he said, 
and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went out to the spring and threw the salt into it, saying, This is what the Lord says. I have healed this water. Never again will it cause death or make the land unproductive. And the water has remained pure to this day, according to the word Elisha had spoken. So there are some things that are significant inside this text. And among some of the things that I believe it reveals, a very powerful thing that I see inside of this is I, I would call it a kingdom principle that's revealed inside of a natural um, expression. So we've got we're dealing here with a very with very natural things. We're dealing with there's a city, there's a spring, and this spring has some sort of contamination, some compromise in it that causes the land to be bad, uh, that causes the land to be unproductive. So, you know, bearing uh, fruit, uh, vegetables, whatever we're trying to grow here is not working. And so these people in this city of Jericho have a real problem on their hands. And they don't reveal this, but it does seem that the Lord makes this kind of declaration because he says, never again, this is through the mouth of Elisha, he says, never again will it cause death. So um, we, we don't really know to what degree we're, you know, we're hearing here in terms of death. Is it causing death of people who drink of it or death to maybe the vegetation or um, har- the, you know, the harvest. Um, but nevertheless, it is having a significant impact on these people nearby in this area. And so I believe this, even though it being in the Old Testament, I believe that it demonstrates a very powerful reality that we who are children of God in the body of Christ, a very powerful reality that this demonstrates. So, very typically in the New Testament especially, we see a kind of a a symbol or a representation of water, especially flowing water. We see it also in river. And so we have here a spring or flowing water. We see as a representation, especially in the New Testament, of the Spirit of God. And and so we have this particular... um, we could say representation, and then 
these people come to Elisha and say that our land is unproductive. One of the desires of God is that a harvest is produced. And there's significant value that God places in land. One of the promises early in in Abraham and his offspring is he pro- God promises them a land. They would become a great people, but he promises them a land. And we know this, we kind of call it, you know, this land flowing in milk and honey, this Canaan land, the promised land. But God takes very seriously the value on land, not monetarily, although there is monetary value. But inside of that significance in land is what what a land is capable of. And inside of land, there is the importance of harvest. There's planting, um, grooming, pruning, taking care of, and then ultimately there's a harvest. We see this, um, we, we will see this at the, you know, at the end of all things when Christ returns and there is this great harvesting, kind of this symbolic picture of, of his church, of, his, of those who belong to him. And so God takes very seriously land, harvest. And so what we see here in this town at or near Jericho is that the water is not producing a productive land. And it's a real issue. It's caused and very very likely a, a very big dysfunctional problem that this this town is experiencing. And so Elisha tells them to bring me a new bowl. But not just a bowl, he also wants salt in this bowl. Now here's where I start to see parallels in the kingdom of God and how this impacts us in our day in which we live. There's truth buried inside of this story that's significant for us today. And Jesus actually calls his followers, he says that you are the salt of the earth. So picture yourself in company with other believers as salt in a bowl. And we have ourselves this spring of flowing water, but it's not capable of producing a harvest 
to the land that's situated on. So Elisha goes out to the spring and threw salt into it. This is what the Lord says. I have healed this water. Never again will it cause death or make the land unproductive. I think this is a picture of the importance that believers and followers of Christ, the role that they are to play in redeeming land and people that are in dysfunction and disorder. Not that we in ourselves bring anything special to the table, but it's, but it's whose we are and who abides in us, who works in and through us. And as the water is flowing and salt is mixing with this flowing water, there is a restoration, a healing of that which was broken. So I think that's the answer for the world that we live in today is that as believers, we're not to, to withdraw and pull back from being in the world in one of Jesus' prayers in the book of John, he says, I'm not asking that you would take them from the world, but that you would keep them. Keep them protected. Keep them safe. Keep them with you. And so just like, oftentimes yeast can represent um, in the New Testament um, kind of a compromise, but it's also representative of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is like yeast mixed into a measure of dough. So this yeast gets mixed in and it becomes fully imparted into that which it is mixed. So we see that similar thing here as the salt, you are the salt of the earth, as it is mixed into that which is dysfunctional and in disorder through the flowing of water, the spirit, then we start to see broken things come into order. Um, just a last little thing I want to leave here. And I think it's, it's, it's pretty powerful. But a particular man discovered that at a certain frequency that's expo uh, exposed to salt water, this particular reaction occurs and you can get a flame through this salt water frequency. As long as it is exposed to the frequency this salt water will burn. Or rather, maybe you could say a burning reaction occurs. But it's not just any burn. It is 
temperatures that, as they've measured it, temperatures of nearly 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit. This, this is significant energy that's being produced. And here again we see salt, water. But what's the what's this frequency? I think I think the frequency piece is is revelation. So when we're exposed to a frequency, when our ears are tuned in to a certain the certain place of hearing the Lord, that it can ignite the salt water. Jesus said, out from you will flow rivers of living water. So when the spirit, water, and salt, this is you and I, leaven of the kingdom, get exposed to a frequency revelation, you burn. And not just any burn, but an intense, high output burn. So I think that's a natural um, a natural reality, natural phenomenon that is revealing a kingdom principle that we can see even through and in the Old Testament. God is speaking. Do we have ears to hear and see what he is trying to communicate with us? So I thank you for tuning in. Until next time, God bless. If it means that I'm close to you, I would trade a million lifetimes for a moment here with you. And in your house, I hold open the door.